0: Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Bates.
1: What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavides, UFC Flyweight.
2: Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun.
0: Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing amazing.
2: Radio.
1: Welcome to It's Amazing Radio, I am your host Dr. Law, with me as always, and back, DJ Mark. So, Missed you. Always Also with us this week, Kid Presentable.
2: I'm eating some food, but I'm going to be polite and not say too much.
1: And finally, a man who just told me he, I shouldn't quit Twitter, and I'm not going to say why he told me not to quit Twitter, because I'm not putting his business out in the streets. Lavender Gooms.
0: Yeah, we're gonna leave that reason uh, on the cutting room floor, Bob. Yeah. Um, I will. I will say to start the podcast since this normally comes out around uh, midnight uh, Eastern time. So that'll come out on June on January 14th. Uh, happy birthday to our friend Sal.
1: Happy birthday to our friend Sal, who turns 34 years old. That old fuck, Mike. How old are you? I am 34. Mark, how old are you? 34. Step on, look at these old fucks.
2: Yeah, I know you didn't clothe yourself in there, Bobby, just because you know I'm the youngest one of our I'm crew. only 33, Uh-oh.
1: bitch. I am 33. All right?
2: For like three more weeks.
1: Hashtag Jesus year. I'm thriving over here. Fucking sitting here sweating my ass off because I have a fever. I'm dying, folks. I'm dying. So this might be the last episode. Episode 300 and I don't fucking know. 80? Mike, figure it out. Um. Anyway, this week we're going to talk about MMA. Um, it's a novel concept. We haven't been able to do that for a few weeks. Actually pretty happy to have a nice break, to be honest. Uh, makes me more excited for the cards. Um, and this is one to actually get excited about because the biggest pay-per-view star in the UFC is back. Conor McGregor's back, taking on Donald Taroni. Um, a lot of us wanted the Gaethje fight, but shit, this is still a pretty good fight, uh, stand-up-wise. Gonna be entertaining, God willing. Um, headlining a pay-per-view, no title fights on this card, but uh, we got ourselves some really good matchups in here. Uh, some of which are going to make real uh, have real ramifications in the divisions. Um, others are just going to be a slaughter of a favorite of this podcast. Uh, MMA news this week. I mean, really the only thing I saw, and it was nice and ridiculous. Mike, you catch an Anthony Pettis story where he managed to cut himself right before the Nate Diaz fight, screwing the cap on a piss bottle. <laughs>
0: yeah i got a few questions about that one how aggressively was he trying to twist that that cap closed i mean was he trying to send it into the vacuum of space so that none of the liquid actually came out and then the more surprising thought i had was why are they using glass bottles it is well at the time it was 2019 you ever heard of a little thing called plastic
1: yeah and um man anthony pettis man man's got some bad luck Remember that story where, like, motherfuckers were just, like, burning his cars? That was a thing a couple years ago. That was a story for Anthony Pettis. Um, anyway. I, must
0: have completely I don't remember
1: that Yeah, one. people in Milwaukee burning Anthony Pettis' house. Or not house, cars. Um. Anyway, he's suing the UFC. He's suing USADA. Um, he's suing somebody else, too, in there. Um. So they should probably just pay him his win bonus he would have gotten for that fight. And, uh, uh, also
0: fee. the bottle. He's also suing the bottle company.
1: Yeah, because you can't make a fucking jagged ass edge on that bottle. That's uh, that's not okay. Mike, I was really hoping you had a jagged edge joke for me right there.
0: I do. Uh, the only jagged edge that I recognize is uh, "Let's Get Married."
1: Very nice. Um, oh
2: my God, where, where the party
1: at? I was gonna say I like "Let's Get Married," but where the party at? That's that's a good one. Let's
0: Let's Get Married remix with Run DMC.
1: Oh yeah, Classic. that's that's the best one. I've, I'll give him that, Stefan. If he's talking the remix, go that way um fuck it let's just get into this uh card guys um UFC 246 coming to you from the T-Mobile Arena which I have been to it is beautiful get in there get yourself a Shake Shack burger don't go to the club at the top there does not need to be a club in a casino headline by the return of Conor McGregor uh Stefan last time we saw Conor McGregor it's got to be over a
2: year right (laughs) Uh, which, well, I actually am not sure. What was the last embarrassing thing we saw happening to him? Was it, uh, um,
0: Wasn't he two-piecing one of, uh, Khabib's, uh, entourage?
2: That, was, that was a year ago, perchance, when he slapped a man at a bar for not liking his whiskey. What embarrassing thing was going on with Conor McGregor one year ago?
1: Yeah, that's fair. We have not seen Conor McGregor compete since October 2018. Um... By the way, before anybody turns this into a morality play, I want you all to just go on, go on the internet and just look up Donald Taroni's, what he said today. Just in general. So, this isn't good guy versus bad guy. Um, Connor hasn't fought since, uh, UFC 229 when he lost a, I think he won one round. I don't remember. He lost. He got choked in the fourth round. He didn't win any rounds. I don't remember. No. Honestly, I thought maybe he did okay in one. Whatever.
2: I believe but, he just got taken down, right?
1: I thought there was the round where he did something because Khabib looked tired for a minute. Maybe I'm inventing shit. No, there was I don't a remember where he that got Khabib... sat on
3: for a round, but then he got knocked down in the second and dominated in all the other ones. Oh, the yeah, first yeah. round,
1: nothing happened except he didn't win.
2: That's
1: you're right. You're right. That's
2: what happened.
3: Connor was so scared of the takedown that he
2: made Khabib's punch look good. It That's made how me, bad it, was. it reminded
1: me of a uh, Chael when he dropped Anderson. And Anderson just waiting for that takedown. And boom! Left hand on your ass. Um, Since that time, Khabib's fought once. So, active champion, not really so much. Um, In the meantime, just making bad headlines. Stefan mentioned it. He also was investigated. I'm not sure it's done. He was being investigated for sexual assault. Um, He sold a lot of whiskey. Just a shitload of whiskey. So, props for that. It's not great. Uh, Tastes like jameson so there you go um Some more bitter jameson
2: i'll say jameson is you know on the cheaper end but it's smoother than this what is it proper proper 12 proper 12
1: and a 12 means something that isn't 12 rounds i forgot what it was but whatever. it's
0: the district ward that he grew up in in wherever the hell he's from
1: ireland dublin well
0: yeah that's what i meant i don't know what from it uh
1: the rough part if i'm not mistaken uh, Donald Cerrone, Dad Cerrone, last time we saw him, um, was when he, I want to say the Matt Brown fight, um, could be wrong about that, nope, got knocked out by my guy Justin Gaethje, making you wonder, why isn't Justin Gaethje getting this fight? Um, anyway, um, betting line for this one, I mean, let's just get right into it, Stefan, uh, Connor's a favorite, right?
2: A uh, pretty big favorite, he's anywhere from minus 300 to minus 340. Um, with Donald Cerrone coming in at a two and a half underdog at about plus 250. Um,
1: so uh, they didn't pick this fight by accident, in my opinion. Um, Donald fights a certain way, and him going out there and tapping out Conor McGregor would be the smart move. Um, but he's not like that. He doesn't, I don't think that's what he's going to do. Conor f- starts fast, Donald doesn't. Donald doesn't move his fucking head, Conor's a sniper. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think Donald's getting knocked out. That's real. I think it's gonna be fun. I hope Donald gets him a little bit. So we have a little bit of a back and forth, but I think Donald's going out probably inside of seven minutes at the latest. Mark, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I'm in the same mindset. Uh, stylistically, this matches up really well for Connor. Uh, we have not really seen anyone, Dominate uh, Connor in the standup in MMA. Um, the closest example that we've seen was you know Nate, and I think that was more a stamina issue. Um, if Connor just you know takes his time, lets those openings materialize, he will find them with Donald. Uh, he will find a home for that left hand. Uh Cerrone just has to mix it up. Uh, I mean, I think when you look at skill sets, he's the more well-rounded fighter, you know, standing up. He has punches, kicks, knees. He kind of has the whole basket there. And he's very slick on the ground. But like you alluded to, Bob, uh, Cerrone's never been really a guy to chase the submission or even go after it. They kind of just like Connor in the left hand. They just need to materialize for him. He'll He'll hurt somebody and have them make a mistake and capitalize on it. Um, he's not necessarily a guy who's going to try to take Conor down, and uh, I think he'd be smart, um, but I think he's going to stand with him, and I think Conor will find uh, a home for that left. And I think, uh, much like you, I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes him in the first, but second or third, if he kind of takes his time, doesn't want to you know, shoot punches out too hard like he did with Nate, which ultimately cost him that first fight. Uh, you know, I think he's going to be sm- smart and collected here, and uh, I, I think he knows he has all the ability and skill to win this fight. He just has to not make any dumb mistakes, um, and he should have it.
1: Yeah, I mean, for as much as he gets criticism, um and people are weird uh with their criticism of this stuff. Man's an excellent fighter. He t- knocked out Jose Aldo in 13 seconds. Made Dustin Poirier look like a bum. Like, these are good fighters. Killed our guy Eddie Alvarez almost immediately. So, yeah, this is really tailor-made for him. Uh Mike, you feel otherwise, or are you going to join the Connor pick here? No, 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 no.
0: I am not going out on a limb on the first card of the year because one of my New Year's resolutions is to actually win our uh, our picks this year. So, yeah, I'm going with Conor McGregor on this one. Um, We've talked about this ad nauseum um, in the year and a half since uh, McGregor lost to Habib, who would be his uh, his return fight. And we talked about a lot that it would be someone like Cerrone, someone that would be willing to, to keep it on the feet. Not someone that's a particularly strong wrestler, and Cerrone fits that bill. I mean, Cerrone has really good jujitsu, but I mean, Cerrone likes to stand and bang, and that fits perfectly into you know McGregor's skill set. Um, I don't see this fight going past the the second round. Quite honestly, I, honest. I want to see some uh, leg
1: kicks from Cerrone. To be honest, I don't think that'd be a bad yeah. idea. Maybe like, um, impose something that- new on him.
0: No, for sure. And, um, you know, one thing that I was speaking with my my nephew a little earlier about this fight, and he called Cerrone a, a tune-up fight, um, you know, alluding it to that term from from boxing. And, you know, I told him, no, I wouldn't call Donald Cerrone a, a tune-up fight, you know, in, in the lightweight division. Um, you know, he is, uh, you know, a top five lightweight, at worst, you know, top 10. He's still really good, even though he lost his last fight um does his style of fighting um work into how uh you know connor normally beats people yeah but i wouldn't call this a tuna fight by any stretch of the imagination i mean anybody can get got
2: yeah i hear you saying lightweight um and that's kind of the interesting caveat and i do think one of the x factors of the fight they're fighting at 170 they're both lightweights they are but um that's why i think why i say i think it's an x factor is um it benefits Cerrone to fight at 170 more than it does Connor. because Cerrone's a tall man. So his lean, long frame getting to fill out that weight, it's more, it's healthier for him, whereas for Connor, it's lazy, not laziness, but it's rustiness. Yeah. It's, I've been away from the game. I don't want to cut that weight. He's not a tall dude. Conor I mean, fight not- also
1: You're right, and this fight came together kind of fast, quite frankly. It was like two months ago. They're like, oh, we're doing this. It's like, oh. And that might have been part of the fact here. The man's trying to get three fights in. And it sounds... I mean, let's be honest, Steph. Don't, I mean, be, make your pick, but we're headed towards Donald... Uh, uh, sorry. Connors, McGregor versus Jorge
2: Masvidal here, right? Um, You know, that's one of the big money fights, right? Um, but how many times have we seen... That's the thing about real fighting is you can lay out all these great expectations and that's when they come crashing down. I believe uh, the expression goes, if uh, you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. Um, you know, I... Yeah, I think this is the sun and school of thought. Biggest name, most winnable fight for Conor McGregor. That's very easily Donald Cerrone. Um, you know, normally losing to Donald Cerrone is not normally a knock. But if uh, if Conor McGregor was to lose Donald Cerrone, this might be a little hot takey. But that's a sign that he's washed if he loses to Donald Cerrone. This is completely tailor made for him to win, and if he doesn't, it means there's something greater going on that he doesn't have much left in terms of being in the upper echelon. I would say,
1: yeah, we'll see. Um, you got Connor though,
2: right? Obviously, yeah, obviously.
1: Well, well, let's see, guys, because
0: Connor did come out in his interview with Ariel today that he hasn't had a drink in about four months.
1: That's probably for the best. The man, the man had to get his shit together, and it sounds like he has on some level, because. Um, He's too important to this sport, quite frankly. Um, and let's just put this out there, Mark. People tend to see they want to see him fight Khabib again. The UFC really has managed to devalue the belts to the point that I don't need to see two guys fight just because it's for a belt, especially a rematch. Um, on the list of fights you want Connor to have after this, Mark, is Khabib, where's that rank?
3: Yeah, I'm personally, very, very low. Um, like you said. Uh, Connor stylistically is a very fun guy to watch. And I think there's a lot of dance partners that he has at Welterweight and at 155 that I'm infinitely more interested in seeing. all. um, Honestly, if he wins this Sony fight, I think that one makes the most sense. You know, those are two guys that just really can sell pay-per-views and to have a power keg like that on an event, you know, just screams gangbusters and that seems to be what the UFC brass is really after is just what's what marquee fights are going to get the most eyeballs on there that definitely will. But like you mentioned before Bob, Justin Gaethje makes a lot of sense. Yep. Um, I think that's and another stylistic fight that I think works out well in Conor's favor. He's more, I mean, honestly, I want to see Conor more at 55 than at welterweight. I don't think this weight class is going to do him any favors. I totally agree with Steph. Um, you know, his, uh, you know, genetic makeup does not suit him as well at welterweight than it does for guys like Jorge and Donald Cerrone and Nate Diaz. These really tall, skinny 155ers that, like Stefan said, have a lot of place to pack on pounds. you look at Conor. Unless this dude's hitting that that, that weight gym, the, the weights only going to add in one place, right where it goes for me, right in this big old belly here, um, which you don't want when you're, um, you know, a high caliber athlete like Conor McGregor. So yeah, I think there's any number of interesting fights. The trilogy, uh, win or, yeah, win or lose, uh, however this shakes out, you know, I, I think his stock will definitely plummet a little bit more if Cerrone gets a win uh, a win over Conor here. I wouldn't say, I mean, really, at that point, it's kind of to Conor, right? it'll be up to him if if he's washed up or not, if he wants to throw in the towel and be like, you know what? I gave him my best shot. I don't got it anymore. Selling whiskey. It is boys. Uh, But honestly, I I think he is, he is a fighter's fighter. I think he does want to stay active. I don't think these last couple years, having one big fight and losing, and then having to wait a year to get back on the horse, just to get thrown off again, is not something that an active fighter like Connor, I think really likes to do. I'm sure he relished in, you know, having the new kid, having all the money, but, We can see on the outside looking in, that stuff hasn't really helped him that much, right? This money hasn't helped him be a better person or get his head straight. It's actually hurt him. I think he needs to be an active fighter. So yeah, Uh, Habib and Usman, the titles don't really interest me until Conor can start building uh, the resume up again. He needs to get that mystique back because that's what he lost. And that's what probably would have helped him the most in this fight. If he still had the mystique that I'm Conor McGregor, I'm the big tough man, I never lost a fight. That could really have paid dividends with Cerrone, who we've seen sometimes could be a little mentally weak. I don't see that from Conor. Conor doesn't talk the shit he does because he doesn't have a leg to stand on anymore. We saw him lose twice, you know, in a boxing match where he never had a chance to win. And then against Habib, who stylistically did not match up well with him. But the Mystique's gone, so he needs to build it up.
1: Yeah, if we're going to give me a rematch, give me him and Nate a third time. I'm okay with that. We you know what? Just give me him, have him fight uh, Jorge and then have the winner of that fight Nate. I'm good with that too. You can have Nate fight fucking, you know what, have a little tournament. Have Nate fight Gaethje. You can get Nate to take the fight. Um, Holly Holm, Raquel Pennington. Uh, This is a rematch. And I remember the first time they fought. I want to say, Mark, you agreed with me. I think Holly won a split. But I remember both you and I were like, that really could have gone the other way very, very easily. Um, That was back at UFC uh, 184. February 2015, before Holly shocked the world. Um, betting line for this one,
2: Steph? Right, we got Holly as a slight favorite at minus 135 to a plus 115 uh, Raquel Pennington. I know you
1: guys all know. We all know what a Raquel Pennington fight looks like. Um, to grind. Except for when Amanda Nunes took a piece of her home with her. And that is why I'm not picking Raquel Pennington. Because she's my girl. And I thought she won the first one, to be honest, but I don't know what, I don't know how okay she is. Uh, She missed weight the fight after, that Nunes fight, by three pounds. She won a split over Aldana, and recent performance aside, uh, she should, Aldana's a good fighter, but I really thought, like, that's someone Pennington should beat. And, you know, again, this was, then again, Aldana's gotten so much better, it seems like, with her last win was huge, so maybe I'm wrong there. But I gotta go with, uh, I gotta go with Holly Holm on this one. Just, you know. I don't. I did really think it did. Well, that fight with Amanda took something away from, took something away from uh, uh
2: Raquel. Uh, just my two cents, Steph. What do you think? You know, I thought that too. But her next loss is to Jermaine Durandomy, and, and I think we have enough tape. Jermaine's good, you know. So can I really be like that upset? Because I, I that that's kind of the narrative I had in my head too, Bob. That mm, Pennington just she looked changed. But I mean, the wait the weight didn't, didn't help.
1: The weight really didn't help that.
2: It didn't. Um, I, the thing is, it hurts me that I don't remember the Aldana fight. Um, and Aldana's someone who I've I, I've really been pulling for her. She came along um, with Lobo MMA out of Invicta, coming in as like an undefeated young prospect along uh, Alexa Grasso. And I thought the two of them were just going to take it by storm. But clearly, you know, both of them have shown they need a, a lot of growing. Um, I'm basically trying to talk myself into picking uh, Rocky here is because... I do know, it all the
1: time, man. It's you that, you the fight's know what a close. fight
2: looks like? Mm-hmm. And it requires a lot of clinch work. That's one of the areas that Holly's kind of strong. She's got pretty good clinch defense. You kind of got to be able to outstrike her to kind of do it and just wade through her volume because, you know, Holly, like, one in 78 attempts is actually for real. You know, so... Yeah, I really believe it's going to be Holly in my head, but fuck it. I don't care if I win again or not. We'll we'll see if we even get to the end of 2020, all right? Yeah. I take it Rocky Pennington.
3: Um Mark. Uh yeah, I think it's kind of it to to pick uh Raquel is, is kind of tough. You do have to walk that road like Steph did to kind of convince yourself. Um cuz honestly, I kind of see this fight just playing out how their first fight did. You know, I don't think it's going to be a super uh, impressive performance from Holly Holm. I hope I'm wrong. She really needs one. Um, but I think what we've seen, what Holly is really good at is just keeping girls on the outside, throwing a lot of these, you know, what we've talked, you know, talked before, kind of like these bullshit strikes that, you know, really don't have a lot of intention of landing, but have the intention of keeping the opponent away and showing the judges like, hey, look, at, I threw 300 strikes in this fight and Raquel threw 50. I win the fight. You know, it, it's really Leonard Garcia style math there, which, uh, you know, as fans, we we don't really like. For Raquel to be successful in this fight, she does have to do what Stefan says. She has to bite on the mouth guard, get into the pocket and exchange with her, and then get in the clinch and muscle her around. And I think that's kind of tough with Holly Holm. We haven't seen a lot of girls be able to do that uh, to her easily. Um, so I think it's going to be kind of a close but ultimately lackluster fight, and I see a split going to Holly, unfortunately. Mike? You muted.
1: No, I wasn't. No, nope, no, Mike was. Oh, Mike has managed to disconnect his microphone.
3: I'll save you some time. Mike's taking Holly home. Next fight. <laughs> Give her a thumbs up, Mike, if you're picking Holly home. Right in that camera. Okay. No, we don't know.
1: We don't know. <laughs> we gotta just sit here. Just guessing. Where's Mike no, what? Mike's right in the article. We'll just move on to the next fight for now. We'll get his take in a second when he comes back. Um, Alexio Olenek versus Maurice Green. And hes is Mike back?
0: Well, it depends. Can
1: you hear me? We can hear you guys. Just so I'm clear, you guys could hear me that whole time, right? Yeah, Mike I just me. Okay. It was uh, with me. Okay.
2: Mike, you took Holly home? Yes.
0: Yeah, uh, what I was going to say is that um, to continue on with what Mark was saying, um, you know, of four of Holly's losses, you know, three of them were to to women who were, you know, much stronger than her, you know, when it came to power and their strikes and, and, um, you know, in Cyborg, obviously Nunes and in Durandamine and Raquel, while she's a good fighter, isn't exactly someone who, you know, you're fearing is going to knock you out. So, I think this fight is basically going to be where Holly just point strikes her for for uh, three rounds.
1: Fair enough. Um, Alexio Olenek. Man who's had 71 fucking MMA fights. And if he beats you guys, the man has a finishing move. Goddamn Ezekiel choke. Um, He got one. He said Mark Hunt was too fat to Ezekiel choke, so he got him with a rear naked choke. Since then... Alexe Alonic's been getting knocked out by black dudes. Maurice Green. Black dude.
2: Uh, Are, we sure? just, Are we sure about that?
1: I looked it up. Um eight and three coming up. He's, he's a
2: big black dude.
1: My man's large.
2: He uh, is six foot seven, two sixty-five. Yeah.
1: I was gonna say, Alanic's a big guy, but this motherfucker is huge. Uh, yeah, I don't like his chances. I'm going with the I'm going with it's I mean, he's younger, but he's heavyweight, so thirty three. I'm going with Maurice Green. Um, I'd be honest, I'm picking the guy based on him. I've never seen him fight. He beat the diaper guy. Junior Albini. Which doesn't tell me that much either. Um I got Maurice Green though. Uh Mark, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I think it's a tough fight. I think obviously if Maurice is to get it done, he's gonna get it done early in the first round. That's kind of uh Well, uh, Alexi's kind of been losing it. You know, Walt and Overeem got him out in the first. Um, A lot of guys that tend to finish him with strikes, which I think is Maurice's best chance, tend to get done early. I'm going to go with um, Alexi, uh, age before youth, I suppose. Uh, Dude has a plethora of uh, wins, and I think really his his strategy here should be uh, get the decision, you know, survive that first round, get this guy tired, let him blow his wad out in those first, you know, four minutes where he's trying to knock you out spend the next two rounds grappling this guy, clinch taking them down, getting on top, putting work in that way. I think that's going to be his best bet, but it's all up in the air. It's really, can Maurice capitalize on it early and finish this fight quickly? Um, if it gets into the deep waters, I like uh, Alexi a lot.
2: Staff, what do you think? Um, I have, I don't know who Maurice Green is, but I was looking at his Wikipedia page, and the thing that makes me comfortable picking him, is, uh, he has three wins by triangle choke and one win by arm triangle The fact that he has four submission finishes shows me he knows something about grappling, which means he presumably knows how to defend the Ezekiel choke. I feel like the Ezekiel choke is kind of something you pull on true grappling novices who just, once you get in a clinch, they kind of panic and don't know what to do. Uh, Why it's not typically an easy submission to pull off, it's a lot of ways to kind of defend it. You kind of got to fall into it. So um, if my man can finish half of his wins by submission, um, he's more than just a big, like, lumbering, like, punching machine. So I could be completely wrong. I I don't recall ever seeing him fight. but I do want to throw this stat out here.
3: You are right, Uh, Morris Green, half his wins by decision. Alexi's like ninety-five percent submission wins. Damn it! I'm a- <laughs> it's ten times as many submission wins as the other guy. I wouldn't lay my hat on that, but uh, I'm not
2: saying he's gonna sub Alexi. I'm saying he knows enough to defend some. Bases. I think he's. I think he's too tall to get Ezekiel choked. Like,
3: how's he gonna get up there? <laughs> you, you know, on the ground, you know, you're kind of—he's of, not getting, getting the, him down there. Doesn't seem to play as much of a factor when you're lying down. You realize that? Yes, <laughs> I do.
0: Everyone's the same height when they're on
3: their back, huh, Mark? Yeah, sure. Not me. I'm super tall. <laughs> yeah, we're all.
1: I'm. I'm seven foot tall myself. Uh, who? Um, guys, I'm dying over here. Which who didn't I ask their pick?
0: Uh, you haven't asked me. I'm gonna go with Green.
1: <sighs> all right. Wait. How many people did anybody pick? Alexi? I did. Uh, Mark, all right. Mark two. Mark two times. Two time champ. Um. Also on this card. This is a tough one, man. Claudia Gadelia, Alexa Grasso. Um, betting line for this one, Stefan?
2: You know what makes this a tough one? Because it's obvious which way I was going to go in this one. I can't believe she's the favorite. Alexa Grasso is the favorite. Minus 115 to minus 105 Claudia Gadelia. It's a double favorite fight. You know, it's one of those not friendly on the betting lines. But I am shocked that Alexa is the favorite.
1: You know what? I'm going to, you know, I know, you know we got Mike who loves Glad- Claudia Gadelia, and we got you who, My uh, girl. who loves uh, Alexa Grasso. I'm gonna let you guys make your cases first. Mike, who do you got?
0: Um, well, I'm gonna go with uh, Claudia Gadelia because man, if Mike, she had had picked, a... if Mike
1: had picked Grosso, I would have just shit on my whole segment here.
0: <laughs> well, um, I have very in-depth reasons why I'm gonna pick Gadelia because she is a Brazilian angel, and um, she deserves all of the good things in life. And if Steph, you want to have a little side bet for this one, uh, I'm willing to do it.
2: I mean not really. Like I'm not that confident <laughs> in, in my girl. Like it's not like oh, I'm like, oh hell yeah, she's gonna win. I like, I've seen her fight this opponent like three of her matches already. It's, you know, it's a uh, fucking uh her last one, what was it? Um the Cookie Monster, what's her name? Yeah. Uh you know, it's the same fighter as gadelia more or less. Like Steph, I've seen these fights sometimes. Like, I don't want to do that. Uh, Steph, I'm
0: sorry, but right behind you is your dog. Oh, okay. just going to town on her bed.
2: I mean, yeah. If, if you want some more stuff like this, last weekend she was humping Gogi's bed. Gogi thought that would be a great opportunity to try to hump her. and yes, some humping ass bulldogs. We, we, this is, this is, uh, you know, make us a Patreon page. I'll get, get you We're
3: all worked up talking about these sexy ladies. You know, <laughs> what's the <do> bulldog do?
1: <laughs> this is. We're just off to a great start, guys. <laughs>
2: Um. So wait. So make your picks. You got. You got. Uh. He has Goodelia by beautiful Brazilian angel.
0: Um. No. Um. In, in all honesty, I have it by a decision. Um. When was the last time Claudia finished anybody?
1: Uh. Oh, gonna make real case for Alexa? oh wait no. Wait no. I was right. That was Alexa's last time she finished somebody. Uh. She finished Carolina back in twenty seventeen. Mike, Stefan, go and make your case.
2: Um, You know, I do have a case for Alexa, and it's um, even though she she didn't win her last fight, um, she is showing progress. Um, One thing I kind of mentioned to you for both her and Aldana, and Aldana's coming off of the biggest uh, win, comma, knockout of her career. Um, One thing I noticed, because I follow Alexa on Instagram, she's been training with um, Cejudo's camp, Um, and that's one of the big critiques I've had about them is they've had their MMA or their Lobo MMA gym in Mexico, where they've all kind of come up together. And they were great um, until they got to the UFC, fought tougher competition, and it just seemed like they were stagnating. I kept saying time and time again, I wanted to see them expand their horizons, get pushed, get challenged, not be the best ones in their gym anymore. Um, and they found a good camp. Um, you know, sh- my, my concern with Alexa against a grinder is with the Cookie Monster fight. She's a slow starter. Um, she gives up that first round in almost all of her fights. But you've seen she has great endurance. When she finally trusts her hands, she can piece you up. I thought her last fight should have been a draw. I, should have, I thought she should have got a 10-8 in that last round. Come back. Um, I agree. No, not enough judges saw that, so she lost a unanimous decision. But, you know, another fight camp training with Cejudo's gym. Um, maybe if she can just not give up that first round in these three-round fights... Um, she can finally show that potential that she had coming in from Invicta.
1: Yeah, Eric uh, Albericine, excellent coach, man. Giving that man some credit out there. Man coaches uh, two double champs, Henry Cejudo and uh, Patricio Pitbull. So man knows what to, how to get stuff done. Uh, I'm gonna take Claudia. I think I pick Claudia a lot. So let's just keep that train going. I think it's gonna be really close. I would, I mean, the, I think the betting lines are really accurate. I'm not surprised. That surprised Steph that it's a she's the Glass Rosso's a favorite because. Uh, it seemed like Claudia, Claudia, kind of, kind of took a step back a little bit after the second loss to uh, Ioana, and uh, I don't know. There's a new champ out there, right? She got she got a couple wins together. Maybe she get more inspired. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take Claudia here, Mark.
3: Yeah, I'm taking Claudia as well. Um, I've also been really impressed with um, Alexa's improvement. Uh, I don't know if I really caught on that she moved camps. I think Stefan, you know, he has been, has been harping on that point for a while. And I agree with him. And I think that is a good camp to go to. I think it has, they can teach her the skills that she desperately needs to really, you know, step up her game. Uh, but most I'm just looking, you know, Claudia has, you know, the better profile, the better resume. She has some really good scalps on the list. She got some big, you know, high victories there. Her losses are against what I consider to be the cream of the crop. Um, so I think, you know, on paper, uh, i'm pretty comfortable picking claudia i would be i would be very happy if alexa could get this win this would be a massive win for her and just to get a w over claudia i think springbirds springboards her right into that conversation um of course that last loss which i kind of agree with you guys i think you know she should have got a 10-8 it should have been ultimately a draw um that could kind of make you know title shots within a fight win here a, a little maybe a little unrealistic but i think this would really catapult her career she really needs it um I just think Claudio might be too big of a test right now.
1: Um, all right. Three of us picking the underdog there. Um, I do like when I'm picking with the two-time champ. Gives me some confidence. Um, all right. Also on this card, this one is just going to be a good fight. Uh, Anthony Showtime Pettis. Ideally, his hand is healed at this point. Um, taking on Carlos Diego Ferreira. Uh, Carlos Diego Ferreira, this is, this is the coming out party for this young man. Um, he has won. I say young man; he's older than Pettis, but this man has won five straight, and um, the last two decisions. But over really tough competition, in Rustam Khabilov and uh, uh Taisimov, you beat two guys and the last names ending in ov. Uh, that 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 means something. Not, I'm serious. Um, Anthony Pettis, man. Um, he's not. I mean, there was a wide point there where Steph was calling him washed. I remember. And he wasn't wrong. Anthony Pettis was on a terrible stretch for a while, but now it looks like Anthony Pettis is still—he's not gonna be world champ, but Anthony Pettis can still fucking throw down. You know, he can still do things. Um, and, I'm
2: gonna come back and refute that point immediately when I when I pick.
1: Well, I'm not saying. I mean, you're gonna. I mean, I'm. But he's the underdog, right? Steph It's not an accident. This kid. Oh, yeah, good. he's the underdog
2: um, for the line for the fight. It's pretty much two and a half both directions. Of Brera is a two and a half favorite. Um, Pettis is a two and a half underdog.
1: Yeah, and this is a guy who's been in the UFC, Pereira, for uh, five years. Um, don't know if he came off of a tough season. Doesn't look like he did. But his only losses in this in this in in the UFC are to Dustin Poirier f- uh, five years ago and the decision loss to Benil Dariush. Not bad people to lose to. Anthony's, you know, doing well in some, not doing well in others. Um, Carlos is uh, more of a jiu-jitsu guy, quite frankly. But he's got some knockouts on that record, too. But he's a hell of a grappler. And Anthony's no slouch there either. So I really think this is going to be actually a good matchup. Um, entertaining to say the least. I'm going to take Carlos because I'm kind of betting on, you know, let's get some new guys doing some shit in 2020. Really, it's my logic here. Um, but I would not be surprised if Anthony does some shit here that, uh, reminds us that he's still Showtime. Um, Stefan, you wanted to shit on Anthony Pettis? Here's your opportunity. Why not? Man, the um, man got his car burned down. He got his fucking... He got bloody hand before a fight. All sorts of problems. Go for it.
2: I mean, it's more so my fault, right? It's more so shame on me. Um, I committed sacrilege on our podcast by picking Anthony Pettis over one Nathan Diaz. Um, and boy is that going to be the unforgivable thing for me and Anthony Pettis? Uh, He he had that great knockout over Wonderboy, and I'm like, wow, he never puts people away with his hands. And then what did he do against Nate Diaz? He absolutely folded. Uh, As Bart Simpson said, he folded quicker than Superman on laundry day. Uh, He had no fucking heart in that fight. And Anthony Pettis, he's not washed, but he is a front runner. And if he is not up on you fast, if he is not landing his strikes on you quick, he does not come back late. He does not persevere from being down. He folds. And uh, yeah, Ferrara, he's a a very good pressure fighter. He's on the greatest run of his career. Um, I think this line is appropriate. Uh,
3: Mark, what do you think? Yeah, hi. I I, I don't like picking Pettis because I think you guys both make good cases. Um, I think Ferrara has done an awesome job, you know, Getting some really big wins that no one gives a shit about. <laughs> like, I look at his record. I'm like, yeah, you know, those two Russian dudes. I'm sure are badass motherfuckers, but they have no name credibility whatsoever. This is the fight he needs. Um, obviously Pettis carries a big name. I'm picking him more out of convenience or more out of being comfortable, knowing that, like, yeah, you know, he's you know when like Stefan mentioned, you know, when he lets his hands and feet go, he can be very dangerous. Sometimes that doesn't happen and he gets dominated. Um, and with a guy like Ferreira where he's getting decisions over these uh, you know, uh, Russian wrestlers, that's a very troublesome victory is there. Because it's a very realistic thing where he can just get Pettis up against the cage, stall him out, potentially win a fight that way. I- I'm going to go with Pettis. I-, I think it's kind of a silly uh, bet. Definitely going against the grain. He'll have to pull something out big. Um, but I don't know. I'm just not so comfortable with uh, Diego Ferreira right now just to kind of pick him based off of him being some Russian guys, I'm not as familiar with those fights. So, yeah, I don't feel comfortable with it, but I'm going with it.
1: I mean, I picked Maurice Green based on Alenic's propensity getting knocked knocked out by black dudes, and he's tall. So, yeah, you, you got real logic, at least, behind your picks on some level. Uh, Mike?
0: <laughs> yep, yeah, I'm going to be picking for her as well, just based off the, uh, the fact that he's a pretty high-pressure fighter and has shown some ability to wrestle. Um, and the fact Pettis lost in his last fight, and... I believe he does not have mental fortitude.
1: It's not nice, guys. Not nice. Um, Final fight we're picking. Roxanne Montefiore taking on Macy, the future barber. Is that her nickname? Yeah. She's 21 years old. So
2: I, mean, I guess she's young. That's not creative, though. So, I mean, like we, four we, years. We, like, we four years. If she, if she
0: called the present and, like, ten years, like, the past.
1: I mean, you got to just come up with new nicknames. When Brock started, he was the next big thing. Now he's the beast. you got to work a new gimmick, eventually. Can't be Rye Faber. Can't be California Kid for 15, 20 fucking years. Makes no sense. Not at all. Um, Roxanne's a massive underdog in this one.
2: Yeah, if you're betting for real, uh, this is called the Don't Touch Fight because Macy Barber is minus 1,000 to uh, Roxy's plus 650.
1: Yeah, um, Macy fucks girls up. Um, for lack of a better term, she whoops people's asses. She's g- knocked out five straight people. um, And uh, they're not, you know, necessarily the most high-level fighters. And she said she was going to, uh, what she say she was going to do to Paige Van Zandt? She was going to ruin her Instagram career. And then Paige Van Zandt proceeded to call out every single woman in the UFC, except for Macy Barber, which I don't know what that meant. Honestly, God forbid Paige Van Zandt had a fight we could build to. Anyway, instead, our girl Roxy, um, Roxanne, has shown honestly noticeable improvement since uh, moving over to Syndicate MMA. Um, we always just liked her in general. Um, actually, met her um, at Kansas City in Kansas City before an Invicta event. Um, really nice person, and you know no one has a bad thing to say about Roxanne Monteferry uh I think she's gonna get killed here this is not gonna go well um she's five foot seven I want to say she's taller than Macy uh but I don't know if she's gonna be able to make any use of that um I think Macy's too fast Macy hits too hard I am like at this point I mean she's still er- still early in her career I am on the hype train for this girl and uh she- you know, you're a prodigy who fights, you know, trains with Duke Rufus, I'm assuming your hands are going to be real fucking good. Um, So, yeah, I got Macy Barber, and I think it's going to be very one-sided. Steph?
2: Um, Yeah, you know, like you said, we all like Roxy. Roxy is a very charming, easy-to-root-for person, just genuinely nice. You want to see her do well. Um, But ultimately, her career can be summed up by the um, Deadpool catchphrase, maximum effort. That is what Roxanne Montferia is. She's maximum effort, but that is not good enough here. Um, this is the difference between a true prospect and you know someone who just gives it their damn all. But uh, that's why you know her loving Japanese culture. She fits in so well with it. She fits in with like the shonen anime characters. She's just gonna give her all till she can't. Give She's no the happy more. warrior. Yeah, like you know, I hope nickname. she. I hope she hopes. I hope she achieves what she hopes for herself, and that's just a good showing. You know. It's not about the outcomes for her. Roxanne's thirty-seven.
1: Damn, she's been doing this a while. Been doing this a long time, Marcus. Yeah, Roxanne started this in two thousand and three. Damn, Marcus.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure we're all going to pick Macy Barber. Um, Really, what I what I will give uh, Roxanne credit for, you alluded to, Bob. Um, She's much better equipped to take this fight than she was a couple years ago, where her stand up was atrocious. Um, Macy Barber would have killed that version of Roxanne um roxanne really has improved in her stand-up uh significantly you know she keeps her eyes on her opponent she knows really basic strikes to capitalize um and i think really where she might shock the world is if she is able if macy kind of underestimates her striking and she catches her with something and is able to get her to the ground because that's where roxanne gets a lot of her wins especially early on she's a very good grappler especially on the top Um, That could present some challenges, but Macy Barber is stylistically a nightmare for Roxanne. Um, She's a girl that likes to stick in the pocket, throw heavy hands. Um, Like I mentioned before, Roxanne had a really bad tendency to kind of close her eyes when she strikes, turn her back and kind of throw spinning back fists because basically you're giving up your back to your opponent. That's your way of flailing out of it. macy would have killed that version of roxanne i still think the stand-up is just there's just levels to this and, and macy's just so much more dangerous um but you know don't count roxanne out like you said uh she has a lot of heart she does not give and if macy blows her wad thinks she hurts her early tries to go for the kill and is unsuccessful she could find herself in a really shitty position in the second round where she's blown her wad and roxanne's got the stamina and now the kind of spirit in her that she took her best shots i mean these are kind of you know will it happen won't it who knows but uh i, I mean you're not definitely... i mean in
1: fairness she did that with um antonia antonia shevchenko not as much of a heralded prospect as uh, macy but she was not expected to i mean that's and uh, valentina's kid sister and people thought roxanne was going to get killed on that one she won she took a split on that one so it's not out of the question that you know I mean, it's a, she's a huge underdog. Let's be yeah, real, but
3: I, I, I just I'm laying down that groundwork yeah. because there are avenues where she can pull off a, what I would consider to be a significant upset. Um, it it really has to come down to Macy allowing herself to make those kind of mistakes. I don't think she will. I think Macy has ex- just excellent uh, shot selection. When she hurts a girl and she's sitting in the pocket, she doesn't go just ham. She waits for those. She looks for those openings and it exploits them. So I think Macy's going to win this, but. Look, I'm not going to come here next week and Roxanne gets a late sub or gets a decision. I'm going to be here like, oh, I could have never foreseen this happening because Roxanne kind of has the toolbox where potentially there could be a scenario where Macy finds herself in a really bad position. But I think she's going to knock her out.
1: Steph, the betting odds, what were they again? Sorry.
2: Sorry. uh, I mean Macy was minus 1,000 to plus 650, Roxy. It was pretty big. The line is what it is.
1: Yeah. Um, but you know, you get that when you got a big prospect like Macy, who possibly is the future of this uh, of this weight class. Um, wait, are they fighting at twenty five here? Flyway. Okay. All right. Um, it's her, I think Macy fought her first few fights at uh, I want to say fifteen. Could be wrong about that. Um, she
0: debuted flyweight um in her fight against Aldridge back in March 2019.
1: Yeah, she took, she had a strawweight fight with, uh, the fight before that with Cyphers, Hannah Cyphers. So, uh, man, getting older, growing into her uh, frame a little bit. Um, we got some other fights in this card, not bad, quite frankly. Um... Oh, just, uh, just to let you know, Bob, I'm picking Barbara as well. Oh, shit, I'm sorry, man. So okay. I'm, li- I'm here, literally you, sitting here with an ice pack on my head. It. It's okay. I'm sitting here, I'm dying here sitting with an ice pack on my head, I'm so hot. Um... Drew Dober's on this card, Chaz Skelly. Tim, I like watching Tim Elliott fight. Um, I'm not going to because I don't have Fight Pass, and I ain't paying for that shit. Um, but, uh, man, Roxanne's going to get beat up on ESPN. A lot of people are going to see that. Um, Andre Touchy Feely. Uh, man's got a Uriah Faber tattoo. Um, Why? I guess, well, Andre Touchy Feely's been in jail. And I guess he gives Uriah a lot of favor, uh, a lot of favor, uh, Uri favor a lot of credit for putting him on the straight and narrow. But I mean, I'm sure he appreciates the sentiment. But that's an interesting decision.
3: I never tattooed get... my landlord on me, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's gonna get a, uh, you know, he's gonna get a world of shit for it. But I guess it's a nice sentiment. Um, Sadiq Youssef is uh, not a is no joke though, and uh, man came off the. Uh, Dana White Tuesday Night Fights thing. And it's been 3-0 in the UFC since. So, touchy-feely. I feel we haven't seen touchy-feely fight in a while. Either that or it's been in fights I'm not paying attention to. Um fought since July. Alright. Dude's got not a bad record. Honestly. At all. Um, But yeah, UFC 246. Um, if you're any sort of MMA fan, you're going to watch it. It's, you know, Conor McGregor. They're going to, you know, whatever the record is for people watching shit on ESPN+. Plus. I'm sure it's, uh, whatever the BMF title fight was, and, uh, this will be, this will possibly break that. We'll see. Um, it's, there's no playoff games on Saturday, right?
2: Both on Sunday.
1: Both on Sunday. Go Niners! Just putting that out there. Um, all right, um, I'm assuming nothing has happened in MMA news in the hour we've been recording this, uh this fucking podcast Dana uh,
2: White is dead
1: I did hear Kurt Angle say that uh whoever was running the UFC in 96 um Meyerowitz maybe Marcus that's not right yeah Uh, Kurt Angle was offered at uh 10 fights for 150 grand it's uh not a lot of money that's 15 grand a fight
3: I mean, I'm sure at that point, he wasn't much of a superstar, and they were also thinking, hey... I mean, coming
1: off of the Olympics, you gotta pay the man more thinking, than that. Like, you
3: know what? Maybe let's throw some alligators out there, too. They're yeah. throwing a lot of shit at the wall, seeing what's stuck. And I guess
1: he almost... he was. I guess he wanted to do it a couple times. Uh, you've heard the stories about Kurt Angle, the UFC. Kurt's side is that he kept breaking his neck, which the man did it, has broken his neck five times, I think. It's just amazing that he can still function at all. And Dana White is pretty much like, Kurt can't pass a physical, which probably means both the neck thing and that Kurt was on a lot of drugs.
3: A lot of drugs. I think you'd be disillusioned to think that any high-caliber wrestler would rather go into pro wrestling instead of MMA if it wasn't purely financial, right? Kurt Angle yeah. doesn't want to take a dive to Triple H because he got pedigreed. He's a fucking competitor. He wants to actually compete, <laughs> and you win him on legit. No, and you, you,
1: you talk, they all talk about it. Kurt says, man, if, they, if the UFC blew up when he was in 96, he would have been doing it.
3: Yeah, they are because I mean that that that's if you're a fighter and you're an athlete that has garnered this skill set, it's really like when you're in college, drilling double legs is like, oh, I wonder how I can turn this into a belly belly suplex and not hurt the other guys. It's like, no, no, I'm trying to take people down. I'm trying to accomplish a mission. You're taking your skill set and morphing. Yeah, into I mean, weird thing. where now I mean, they, honestly,
1: tall. if you're uh, if you're a big Brock, still makes more. If he does, if he did MMA, Brock would make. I mean, I, the word the word is Brock's getting close to five a year from the. WWE right now, which... He yes, should. Grain of salt there, but he may, he'll he clear three, four minimum with the one fight in the UFC. Maybe more. If not, you know. So that's part of it, too. Brock's a businessman. You think he's fight, he wants to fight at 40 years old just because of whatever?
3: I think he wants to be fucking around in the locker room with Vince McMahon and all these other... Yeah. Big-headed muscle dudes acting like they're all tough. And he's just like, man, why can't I actually punch you in the face? And then sometimes if you hit me in the face, I will punch you in the face because that's who Burrard Reznor Yeah, like, and
1: uh, you know you go do wrestling when you can't fight anymore, which uh, Frank Mir. Um, I spent a lot of the day at home sick, and I watched Frank Mir get interviewed by um, – guys, check it out if you're interested at all. A guy named Chris Van Fleet. Uh, he does really good interviews if you've got any interest in wrestling at all. But you can watch a Frank Mir one where he talks about uh, MMA and wrestling, quite frankly. And he's been training with uh, Austin Aries. He's like a known professional wrestler, kind of a prick. Uh, But uh, Frank's, you know, he wrestled with uh, at Josh Barnett's event. Marcus, I think uh, it was a couple months ago. Yeah, I I never saw it, but yeah. um, And uh, Frank says, you know, the hardest thing for him is selling and having to give up an arm or something to a guy, which makes sense. Because Frank Mir takes arms, or and he's got to tap
3: out to some weird pro wrestling, like, oh, he's got me in the chicken wing. Oh, it hurts so much. It's like, dude, I broke oh, a
1: Cain, Cain, arm once. The Kane tapped out to Brock's Kimura. did was not how that thing ended? Uh, that was the worst fucking thing ever.
2: Frank Kane's Cain, never been seen again. The Kimura ended his wrestling career already.
1: I like that Kane was like, they were like, oh, AEW going to offer him a contract. So let's get ben, let's learn how to wrestle. You know, let's get let's learn how to do some shit. And Vince is like, yo, Kane. Or we got that Saudi money for you. We're going to give you six figures, high sig figures, to do a job to Brock at noon on a Friday on Halloween in the middle of a country pushed by a dictator with oppressed fucking people all over the place. You know, let's, anyway. You know, you let's get on that stuff, Bobby.
2: Which, yeah. one, which one of us is turning down that Saudi money?
1: Hey, I was going to say, I, don't, I mean, as much as people shit on i I will sell out so fucking quickly. Um... Anyway, um, let's do stuff we like. Um, first off, if anybody wants to hit us up, and some of you guys do occasionally on Twitter, that is not the best way to get a hold of us or say anything to us. We have a Gmail account. Um, it's amazing at gmail.com. You can hit us up there. Um, if you got any comments, um, something we did right, something we did wrong. Uh, we, we, I, I can't do MMA Twitter anymore. It's I'm done. It's the fucking worst.
0: Twitter was and a mistake, on, folks. And on that note, Lavender Goons will be taking over their It's some Amazing Twitter account and they They're, will officially go into the gutter.
1: I was gonna say, Mike's gonna wonder why I'm following random wrestlers like Malcolm Bivens and like random deal sites.
0: <laughs> and I'll be and, and when I get on it, I'll be wondering why you haven't been following The Bachelor on ABC all this time.
1: Oh, God, we've cultivated a really shitty social media following, and (laughs) Mike's going to make it worse somehow. But uh, all seriousness, if you guys want to hit us up on anything, it's mmazing at gmail.com. Please don't send us viruses. That's not nice. You know, be cool. Just saying. Um, Stuff we like. Uh, Pretty psyched that uh, we didn't go to war this past week. I'm I'm Iranian. You know, my parents were born there. I'm first generation. Pretty hyped. I oh, no, We're uh, losing viewers. Yeah, pretty hyped. That, you know what? The same people who were going to leave because of that are already gone when you and me were doing weekly rants about Trump. Pretty hyped that we didn't go to war. That's all I'm going to say. And uh, those of you protesting, I don't know why you'd be listening to this unless I don't know how you ended up here. Hey, man, good for you guys down there. I know that it's been rough and they've killed 1,500 fucking people. And that was before this. So, um uh, yeah, that was it. I'm sick. I got nothing. I'm just dying over here. So, Mark, you've been gone for a little bit. What's your stuff we like?
3: Yeah, I got a couple things. Um, over the last couple weeks, I did catch, uh, that new cinema movie. Uh, actually, it's not even new now. It's, like, super old. I was surprised it was still in theaters. Uh, we saw Knives Out, uh, which was- Hey, fun. I was talking about that last week. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. So, I, I watched it, uh, this last week, and I really enjoyed it, you know. Um, it- there's not a lot of movies I can really get super excited for outside of the Marvel. And then even sometimes like even star Wars, when I was like, when I was like in the theater, I was like, Oh yeah, this might be kind of fun, huh? Um, so I was going into it just being like, I heard it's really good. I'm expecting to be a good movie, but I was not like excited or anticipating it or anything like that. Um, and I really enjoyed it. It's definitely worth a watch. Um, especially if you like kind of murder mystery uh, kind of films. I think there's a lot to like here. It kind of keeps you on the edge of your seats. Lots of twists and and turns, as one would expect with this kind of genre of film. Uh, But just super uh, well-written, well-acted, you know, across the board. It was just a really fun film. I really enjoyed my time with it. Um, The other thing that I finally caught on to, and it's kind of sad because, I don't know, have you guys ever watch something without realizing it's a knockoff of something that's much more popular i don't know if it's ever happened to you but um i Mm, watched i I have an example of that mark but when Um, you watch yeah so uh
0: one of my favorite movies is the mighty ducks mm. and i learned maybe 10 years after the fact that it is a hockey knockoff of the bad news bears okay
2: i I, I mean, okay. Is that a knockoff, Mike? We just grew up in the era of. It's almost
3: like that would almost be like an adaptation. Um. Anyways, what I'm ultimately alluding to a couple weeks ago, I, I or actually maybe a month ago, i mentioned a couple times on the podcast. Um. There is a reality competition show that I'm quite fond of called Making It. Um. It's on Hulu. It's with Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman. It's just a competition show about people doing crafts. It's very cute, very charming. Um. Of course, anyone who has seen or watched The Juggernaut, that is the Great British Bake Off would instantly know like oh this show is just knocking off that show they're doing the exact same setup they have two judges like everything's to a t um so when i started watching the um great british Bake off i was like oh shit <laughs> making it was just totally knocking this off um but that show like i'm i don't know if you guys ever mentioned it on here before i'm sure you have it's been around forever it's been you know highly regarded for a real long time i've heard people recommend it over and over again um i just finally took the plunge and i really like it you know i don't I have no affinity for cooking. I do not uh, like Bobby loves cooking. He finds a lot of joy in it. Um, I'm not that person, but I still really enjoy the show. Um, And it's mostly just because the the judges tell you like, okay, they're going to cook this cake. This is what to watch out for. They're going to fuck this up by putting it in too long or putting this instead of that. And it's like, oh, now I, not knowing anything about baking, have an inside track to know how Nancy is fucking up her bunk cake this week because she took it out too soon or something. It, It is a fun competition show. It's very sweet um they have a lot of seasons on netflix so if you're kind of looking for something that isn't you know doesn't have to take all your attention but is fun light-hearted i totally recommend the great british bake-off show that's what it's called something like that Uh, i think that's more or less what i got this week so mike
0: yeah so um the thing i have uh actually it came to my mind yesterday because i've Between, what, 10 p.m. yesterday and uh, before the start of this podcast, I've watched about five or six episodes of it. And it's the Apple TV show, The Morning Show, with uh, Steve Carell, Jennifer Aniston, and Reese Witherspoon. Why you got that look on your face, Bob?
1: I'm just impressed you're paying for Apple TV. Plus. Oh, come on, son. You know I'm not. I mean, I was just giving you an opportunity not to incriminate yourself, but sure. I mean
0: to say that I went to somebody's house and I watched it on their Apple TV. Bob, of course, that's what I mean by, by that. Fair enough. <laughs> so, obviously, when I went to someone else's house who's paying for Apple TV, I watched the the morning show. Um, I thought it was just going to be a version of the newsroom, uh, the HBO uh, HBO's newsroom, except the morning show version. But apparently the whole show is just about the me too movement um so it's a bit of a bummer in the, <laughs> the topic
1: i'm sorry that was that was just the way you put that it's a bit of a bummer <laughs> sorry go ahead yeah,
0: it's, it's, it's topic is a bit of a bummer but it's a really well and you know real well executed show uh, um i've been been binge watching it you know, anytime I can, running over to my friend's house with Apple TV so I could watch it. You got the free and trial going, Mike, right? Sure. Does Apple TV have a free trial? Because if that's the case, that's the excuse I'll be using for how I'm watching it without paying for Apple TV. It's but uh, yeah, of course. There we go. Yes. But um, I'm pretty riveted by it um i'll see if i can get in another episode or two before i go to bed um reese witherspoon jennifer aniston they're both really good in it um steve Carell, as always is very is very good in it as well um even though he's kind of a creep on the show considering he is the t- he is the focal point of the me too stuff going on in this particular show um and the rest of the cast is really good as well billy crudup is in it aka dr manhattan And uh, Mark Duplass. We we don't
1: we don't recognize that Doctor Manhattan anymore, Mike. He isn't (laughs) Doctor Manhattan anymore. There is one fucking Doctor Manhattan. I don't even know the motherfucker's name, but it's whoever. Black Black Manta uh, from Aquaman. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that guy. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead, Mike. (laughs) But
0: I was pleasantly surprised by how much I've enjoyed the morning show. Um, you know, I saw it. Um. It was nominated for a bunch of Golden Globes. So I thought, well, if all of these people say it's good, who am I to not give it a chance? And I'm happy I did. Stefan?
2: Um, a lot of little things this week. Um, you know, you said go Niners, man. Um, Wait a second. What's going on with your mic? You got real echoey. Ooh, what happened? What happened? That's better. There we go. Better. Whatever you did. Yeah. I, I might have just uh, jangled the cord a little bit with the Bulldog. Um, you said go Niners. You know, my, my ability to enjoy professional football is entirely dependent on if they are relevant whatsoever. And mm-hmm. currently, they're the best team in football. So, hell yeah. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Um, Shout out yeah. to the stranger that bought me a beer
1: at that game. Thank you. I appreciate it.
2: <laughs> um, uh, the other thing, it's a story that I learned today that I really enjoyed. I told uh, Bob. About it earlier when we were just chatting, um, it's 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 more of a wag of the finger for the content of the story, but I like the story because it's humorous to me, um, and it has to do with Mike's beloved New York Knicks. Um, <laughs> <I> so <realize. laughs> you know, a lot of games, you know, they like to interact with the fans. You know, come take a half court shot, win, win, win a lot of money. You know, the Lakers, uh, one of their fans hit a half court shot and they made a hundred thousand dollars. What a life changing amount of money! For this regular fan. Um, so oh, no. I know this where New this York is going. This New York Knicks fan, not only does he get to shoot the half court shot, he makes the half court shot. How much do you think they give him, Mark? $50,000? $100,000? 1000000 million? Well, well let, let's
3: Mark answer. Let's see what he thinks. Mark, Mark, Mark well, what make? do you think? Let's won? get the guess in. Yeah. Well, okay. So, how much did the other guy make? 100000 Lakers fan got 100000 for making the half court yeah. shot. Obviously this has to be really low because we wouldn't be talking about it otherwise. I guess $50. <laughs> uh it may
2: it might it might be. That actually might be factual, Mark, because here's what they paid him. They paid him <laughs> $1,000 worth of scratchers. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so it's is like $3,000. I don't know if i going to pay out. To like, you. I think, he, wouldn't you rather just have the $1,000? That's a shitty amount, uh, especially since uh, Dolan is one of the wealthiest made-of-money owners in the NBA. Um, but, stuff. did you, 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 didn't you see how happy that guy was? I'm really eagerly awaiting the follow-up to know what his earnings from these scratchers are. I, I really hope that he follows. He's going to win so many free scratchers.
1: He's just gonna scratch, get another scratcher. <laughs> That's that was my experience. Thing.
3: He's gonna win five hundred free scratchers. I remember like when we all turned
1: when I remember we turned eighteen and we'd go to the gas station near the high school and we get scratchers. And the most common win is hey, you got another scratcher, and then you lose.
2: And then you lose. Yeah. <laughs> I believe our our old pal Christian uh I think when he calculated the math of buying like scratchers every day at lunch, our senior year of high school, I think he was like Minus two hundred dollars, even though the well, like, point he, he won a grand. <laughs> no, no,
1: he won he won a hundred dollars, and then he slowly just lost money every day. And he didn't he wasn't eighteen. I had to buy him a scratcher every day. Just every oh. day, he lost more and more money.
2: Even better, you lost his money, Bobby. Um. So yeah, some fun sports things, and then um, and stuff I watch. Um, I've mentioned it before, but we just hit episode thirteen of uh, My Hero Academia. Um, we got the big battle arc of the season. Um. Very visually stunning, very great soundtrack, very emotionally moving as these shows are prone to be. Um, That was a really fun moment. If you're caught up on it, what a battle. What a sequence. It's fun. Um, All right. Um, I had
1: something I was going to say. Oh, MMA fans. I know we have it rough sometimes. People make fun of our sport and the sport has it coming a lot of times. But do you know what happens in MMA when you get caught cheating to win a championship? What is the first thing they fucking do when you win a championship while cheating, Mike?
0: Uh, they take away your championship, Bob.
1: H- hell, fucking yeah! And you know what happened with the Astros? What did they do?
0: Um. Well, their manager and GM got suspended for a year, and yes. then within maybe three hours, the owner fired both of them.
1: Yeah, and then they got a five oh, million dollar and- fine. Of-
0: And they also lost the first and second round picks for the next two years,
1: which is fine. Because why don't you take all the money you won on one winning the World Series on merch and all the season tickets you sold, and just buy better players? What a fucking.
0: And also, I and also, I would take one World Series win every twenty years,
1: no problem, dude. Yeah, I would. I, I I told you, man. Baseball could stop right now for me. I'm fine. Once you win, whatever. Just fucking whatever. It's a joke of a penalty.
0: Like right, I, I just need one championship in my lifetime from each Man. of my sports. That's that's all I need.
1: i just, just. I one. just need. I just need one. It, for it the can Niners. happen
0: next year. Now I'll die happy. Well, of course, when I'm 90, but at least I'll be able to say it happened once.
1: Just give me. I mean, I was alive for the Niner ones, but I was too young to really appreciate it fully. Just give me one this year, and I can just we can just shut the door on professional sports for me for a while. I'll just peace out for a while, move on. Me and Steph aren't going to watch, you know, MLS only. So what's going to happen?
2: Sports, uh, yeah, like I said, sports don't really – they don't have negative impact on me anymore. I've gotten everything I've needed out of sports.
1: Exactly. Um, man, LSU is tuning up, Clemson. I did not pick this game correctly. Um, go Niners. If we win, if we lose next week, it's going to be a very different tone on this podcast. Very different tone. Um Thank you all for listening so much. Um I'm gonna go pound some Advil. Um we'll be back next week. We're gonna is there a UFC card next week? I didn't even think about that. I After hope, this, is there, I
2: hope
1: not. There's one and that's enough for you for a while.
2: Let's just one a month, Bobby. It's called a tentpole event. You are uh, you are in my viewership.
1: Man, I'm trying to find God. Somebody have it up, because I can't find it. Um if there's one next week. I want to at least say if there is or isn't one. Uh, buh, 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 buh. UFC Fight Night 106. It is there is one next week, headlined by Curtis Razorblades and Junior Dos Santos. This isn't bad. Razorblades, Junior Dos Santos, Dos Anjos, Michael Chiesa, not bad. Anyway, we're we'll back next Hill,
2: week. What yeah, character will she cosplay as at her waist?
1: Fair enough. Uh, thank you guys all for listening. We'll be back next week. Um, I was Doctor Law. That was Kid Presentable. That was DJ Mark, and that was Lavender Gooms. See y'all next week.
2: Peace out. Cheers. See ya. See you guys.